right, so we sit here late July as a lot of teams are kind of waiting to fill out their rosters because everybody is waiting for the inevitable Donovan Mitchell trade and the not-so-inevitable Kevin Durant or Kyrie trade. The Warriors dealing with their tax situation. We all know the repeater tax, how much more it's going to cost them, how do they fill out these final spots on the roster is much more tricky than it is for these other teams not in the tax. But hey, you got to pay the cost to be the boss. So by now, you've probably heard the news. There's been two new ads. One, Mac McClung. You look around YouTube. He's the next secret weapon for the Warriors, the next superstar for this Warriors team. It's unfair. How did they get Mac McClung? Let's calm down a little bit. Like those are those hype beast channels. They're for kids. They're for 10 year olds, 12 year olds. It's right. This this channel here is for adults. So we're going to talk like adults about Mac McClung, the high school sensation, dunk artist. He goes to Georgetown after an underwhelming freshman season. He transfers to Texas Tech. Now, me doing my scouting and then looking into the draft and realizing he's coming. I watched him at Texas Tech. I didn't catch him at Georgetown much. I didn't, to be honest with you. But I was aware of him, again, because of the YouTube videos like so many of you were in high school. The dude's doing windmills behind, you know, between the leg dunks. He's a six-foot-two white kid. So everybody was like, okay, who is this, right? Um, his athleticism didn't really translate to college basketball, which isn't that surprising. We've seen that with a lot of these dudes um, the pace of the game, right? The teams aren't pushing the pace, letting him get out and transition. Zone defenses, the spacing is bogged down. There's not a lot of half-court dunk opportunities and opportunities for him to use his, his athleticism at his size, right? So he has really just an underwhelming college career, goes undrafted. Um, the, he plays in the Lakers G League a year ago, wins G League Rookie of the Year. The thing with the G League is... Uh, it, it doesn't always translate to the NBA. There are a lot of bucket getters in the G League that aren't going to sniff the NBA. Now, that's not to say that Mac McClung can't make his adjustments here. What, what pops at you? Outside of the bounce and verticality, there's a flair to him, right? There's a flair. I had actually made the comp of Stephon Marbury. Now, not he ain't that, right? But there's a that he plays off two feet, powerful, explosive, um, and just kind of that East Coast flavor to his game where he's flashy. So that's cool. That's fun. That's exciting. But, you know, what what substance is there to his game? Because what you saw him struggle, what I see him struggle with overall is his pace. Your strength is your weakness, right? And when the game is up and down and fast and open, that's where he can really shine, show that athleticism. Um, and he can get very creative, right? But we know, especially when it's winning time, playoff basketball, better defenses, they're not going to let you play up and down at that pace. And that's where he really struggles. You saw him run a lot of pick and rolls with Wiseman. Now, some of this is on Wiseman and him setting up three feet from the screen, right? But it was a chicken and egg thing because he was just so impatient. He's so impatient using screens, and he comes off the screen with so much velocity and speed with his first step. It's really hard for him to, to diagnose what's happening with the defense and make a read to the weak side corner. Or how, you know, is it what what coverage is it? And even his float game is suspect because why he's going hundred miles per hour when he shoots that float floater, right? He gets so much elevation. It's so, you know, that speed and, and that that pop is great when it works for him. But when the game slows down, you see him really struggle in the half court with that. Now, I liked his motor. 
I like his toughness. You know what I'm saying? He has a confidence about him. There's a lot of attributes that you can't teach. Defensively, I thought he was all right on ball because he's not exactly long either, but he has a, a, a toughness and that bounce that can make up for it on the weak side. The team defensive concept, listen, it's hard to really judge him when you consider it summer league because you know, you've got all these guys that haven't really played together. They're not going to have a lot of chemistry defensively. And so you saw the Warriors, they gave up probably more threes than anybody in Summer League this this year. They missed a lot of closeouts on the weak side, those X outs. I'd highlight that in a breakdown. It just so happened that, that Mac was involved in a lot of the miscommunications in the team defense, whether it was like, oh, switch, are we switching? What's happening? What, what You go down or he'll call a switch late. He falls asleep and lets a backdoor cut happen in, in, in semi-transition. And so I think that that's where he's kind of lacking is his team defense. And then at his size, there's there's no margin for error. He can't recover when he when he's a, a beat late on a switch, right? Because he doesn't have that length or size. And so I had tweeted out, listen, I, it may sound like I'm hating on him. I'm not. uh, I'm glad that he's got this opportunity. I just want people to relax when you see these hype videos about Mac McClung and like he may not make the roster. So he signed a non-guaranteed contract here, but essentially he's been invited to camp and given the opportunity to win one of these roster spots. Part of that is because the Warriors know we have to get a guy on a minimum contract here with these tax dollars. So there's that aspect of it. And it's like, all right, look, I'd rather have him than Chioza. The Chioza experience a year ago, right? So that's fine. It's relative to whom? Like, will McClung make the roster relative to whom? To uh, uh, Quindary Weatherspoon, who's been in the in the the atm- what's not not the atmosphere, but the the organization. He's been in the system is the word I'm looking for for like almost two years now. And then he has a defined NBA skill in defending. You know, right now you can put Weatherspoon on an NBA floor and he can defend. Mac doesn't really have a defined skill because, again, the pace. But the other issue is, listen, he's not really a point guard. He is his mindset is to shoot first and score. And he's all right. The shot looked all right. He knocked a couple threes down in summer league, right? And you can see when he gets all the way to the basket, he's very dynamic. But I think what he needs to do is he has all the skills and the tools. He's got to change his mindset and his approach if he wants to make it in the Warriors system. He needs to use that athleticism and pace to create for others. When he comes 100 miles per hour down the court, pushes the ball, I love he gets into the paint, look to distribute to the shooters. Don't look for some fancy finish or some big dunk for Instagram. Right. And then that motor and that energy defensively, you've got to be alert. And again, I don't want to put that all on him because there wasn't much chemistry defensively, but he's going to have to dial in and use his energy and his athleticism as a defender and a distributor. Don't don't show up to camp thinking like, let me get buckets. I'm let me mimic Jordan Poole. Because that's not what they're looking for. You have to understand what the Warriors are looking for. They're looking for a ball handler, a distributor, and a guy that can hold his own defensively. And so I'm glad he's been given that opportunity here in training camp to maybe make the roster. Not sure if he will. I don't know. It's, again, a kid that's played at that pace for so long. I don't know. Uh, It may take for him to get older and slow down a little bit to actually, you know, gain some pace. Because right now at 20 years old, he's just shot out of a rock. And every time he comes off a screen, heads down, so much velocity. He can't even, he, the decision's made for him. There's no options because he's moving that fast, if that makes sense. Now, again, relative to who else could make this spot, do they bring in another veteran? Uh, Guy Santos, the 20-year-old, is he 19? The 20-year-old Brazilian, what was he, like the 52nd, 53rd pick out of Brazil? 
Leandro Barbosa's former Brazil Brazilian teammate. I like him a lot, man. I think those of you that paid attention to him in the California Classic, we got to see more of him. Remember that first game he went off in the first half? You want to talk about pace and feel. My guy MP, one of my longtime patrons, he, he said it perfectly. Man, he, he looks like Luca out there. Right now, he doesn't play like Luca. He, you know, he doesn't have the impact of a Luca. But when you watch the look of how he moves, how he uses his body, how he draws contact, how he kind of slithers to the rim and finds the seams at that pace, it looks like something Luca would do. Right. And so I know that's a stretch, but his feel, and if they're looking for another ball handler, man, I don't here here's the point I'm getting at. And I don't know what, what their plan is for him, perhaps like a draft and stash in the G League, so he doesn't count on the cap. But if they're going to give McClung an opportunity in camp, I'd sure like to see them give Santos that same opportunity because his ceiling is much higher, in my opinion. Uh, I really like, there are so many things that I saw with him in the Summer League that are just not teachable, right? The ability to draw contact, the pace coming off screens, the vision, and then he has, what he has that reminds me of Barbosa is he, he attacks the rim with those funky angles. He slides across the rim to use the rim as protection, and he finishes at these weird angles, but then he's like 6'8". Very intriguing player, so I don't know, again, if he's going to be in the G League or who else is going to be competing for that final roster spot. The other part of this equation is, what's up with Andre? What's up with Andre Iguodala? They're holding a roster spot for him. When are you going to tell him, Dre? And look, to be fair, this is obviously a huge decision for Andre, but it feels like Andre strikes me as the type of dude, he knows what his plans are. He knows whether he's going to play one more year or not. And he's just kind of holding the Warriors hostage because he just seems like that type of brother. Like he likes to just mess with people a little bit. And he's like, oh, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. You know what I'm saying? So if he is going to hold one of these final spots, then that changes changes things a bit as far as one of these guys making the roster, the big roster right now. So we'll see with McClung. We'll see. Again, it's very possible, but who is he going against? And I think he has to change his approach to the way he uses his attributes, if that makes sense. Now, the second acquisition here is, is a legit NBA guy, Jamichael Green, right? He he basically, we got him. This is, this is the championship, uh, the benefit of being the champs and the benefit of having Steph Curry in this culture and system. He is this year's Otto Porter. They're... They play the same position, but they have different strengths and weaknesses, right? But he's the guy that really could probably go get a mid-level somewhere else, but gets bought out by Oklahoma City. So he's coming here on the vet men because he, again, I'm sure he and his agent saw what Otto did for us last season. And, and of course, you want to win, right? And so he's, so where Otto, Otto's a bit taller, right? Otto goes 6'10", 6'11", um, where Otto played the 4'5 the for us, I think Jamichael's more of a 4'3". And why I say that is because what happened with him last year in Denver was they were like, all right, you're going to play the backup small ball five. He's six foot eight. He's athletic, long, physical, right? On paper, it seems like that's that's feasible. Fine. It didn't work. It didn't work for whatever reason. You saw his three-point percentage dip to like 20%, and he just struggled. He struggled to find a rhythm or a, a comfortability on both ends of the floor. So he had a down year last year for the Nuggets, but there is a – there is a bullet point to circle. Like, oh, he was playing out of position. They were asking him to play the backup five. Um, so keep that in mind. He's, I don't think, you know, and I think the Warriors probably aware of that. And who knows, maybe in our system it looks different, but I think he's much more comfortable 
matching up with fours and even threes. So Otto Porter, if we're going to compare them, is a shooter. Otto's a shooter. He's a, he's a true shooter, right? Jermichael Green is not a shooter in that sense, but he can make shots. And I expect his three-point percentage to climb in our spacing, in our system, right? Especially from the corners. But the difference is he's much better downhill and attacking closeouts. Otto will rumble on you. and every, every You just hold your breath every time Otto put the ball on the floor, right? He always felt like he was about to tip over or get hurt. But he proved me wrong, and he was so resilient and tough through the season. So, shouts out to Otto. I'm not trying to diss him. I'm just saying they're going to play the same role, but they're going to go about things differently. Where Otto, you're looking for that three ball. He, you're, you want him pulling the trigger at any open window. Where Jermichael, get downhill, finish above the rim. He's just a little – He's ah, they're both physical, right? And, and again, I think he can guard down a bit better than Otto, but not as up. Not as up. So, whereas Otto can hang against centers – Jamichael can't, but Jamichael can probably switch out on the perimeter better at this stage. He's 31 years old. He's actually younger than Otto, but um, I think that it's good news because when I went to look up, like, so why did Jamichael Green fall out of favor in Denver? Um, I was like, did he have an injury-riddled season? I think that that would have been more alarming if it was like, oh, he he rolled his ankle in camp. And then he had a sore knee like that would be more. I think it would be more alarming moving into this year when he just had a down year playing out of position. I think he's ready to bounce back and contribute. So that's a great move. And then again, we'll watch how the back two spots of this run. They may leave a roster spot open and, and leave themselves some flexibility. I'm going to throw the name out there again. Y'all that just listened to the last pod. I said it like three or four times to White Howard to White Howard because the point that I was trying to make with Jamichael and playing the small ball five, don't pencil him in as another big. I don't think he's a big, right? And I still think I would still like to see that final roster spot being occupied by another true big man. There's not a lot of them out there. Dwight Howard is out there. People have thrown out Whiteside, Blake Griffin. You know, I understand that the Warriors um, prioritize chemistry and character in the locker room and so that's going to eliminate some of these guys but if you've been paying attention Dwight has been a very mature role player the last the last few stops he's been at but hey then he's going to take Wiseman's minutes I don't know man miss me with that we trying to go back to back here so those are my thoughts on the latest acquisitions and we should have an interesting training camp if you want to check out my my content into next season and you're going to find it on patreon i'm going to hit you with the podcasts and some stuff here on youtube but the majority of it will be on patreon there'll be exclusive podcasts and then i i do like docu-series kind of like these longer piece videos like the kobe one and then what i've been getting is requests for classic game breakdown so like game six houston the loon dog game um we've done we've done the bang game in the past in okc so we'll do some of that stuff to get through this offseason into camp where it's going to be an interesting training camp for a championship team for a defending championship team usually training camp is about hey let's just stay healthy but this training camp there's actually spots up for grabs and so the preseason should be pretty interesting hit that like share and subscribe i'm out Joe.